0: Listening to the Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White.
1: Welcome to the Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers, brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and uh, I'm excited for today's show. Um, I uh, I just uh, I love the topic of the conversation today. The um, uh, the kind of Diving into what it means to navigate change management uh, in the marketing function and manufacturers, and just kind of, um, and it's an honor to have somebody on the show that has such a depth of experience in it.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, like somebody who's been with numerous manufacturers, all different kinds of sizes of teams, and brings a a wealth of expertise to this. So uh, we should just get on with it and and get into the good stuff. So joining us today is Susie McNicholas. Susie is the Director of Marketing and Transformation at Johnson Controls. Welcome to The Cooler Rank, Susie.
0: Thank you so much. I'm, I'm delighted to be here.
2: Susie, it's awesome to have you on the show. Yeah.
0: Thanks. I'm excited for the conversation as well.
2: Yeah. Well, look. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, introduce our listeners to you a little bit more formally. Um, and, uh, and for the few that maybe don't know who Johnson Controls is, we can tell them who that is as well.
0: Sure. Um, so um, I have a 25-year career in strictly in B2B marketing in manufacturing environments, mostly manufacturing environments. Um, I think I strayed into one or two other industries along the way. Um, but currently I'm working for Johnson Controls. It is a... Um, a very large uh, manufacturer of equipment that you put in buildings to make it uh, very basic. I I like to tell people that, you know, if you're building a hospital or a school or an office building, or whatever facility that you might want to construct, uh, we provide basically everything you need except for the bricks and the lights and the furniture. Um, So everything you would need to have a, a healthy, sustainable Ah, uh, building, and as we know, sustainability is becoming more and more important practically by the minute. Um, so, so big push there um, from a Johnson Controls side in helping um, other companies uh, construct uh, sustainable buildings. And
2: uh, I think as we were um, uh, chatting in the lead up to today's show, I think a lot of our, um, you know, we we. we we kind of, uh, I think we reflected on your. We, we took advantage of your career a little bit, Susie, and looking at just kind of the overall span of, of manufacturers that you've worked for, and and you know you've really been in the position of having to navigate marketing change man- management in some way in all of them, haven't you? And,
0: and this is this is the benefit, I guess, of 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 having done this for twenty five years. You know, when I started in marketing. Marketing really was advertising. I mean, it, you know, this is the the internet was around, but it wasn't being used nearly the way that it is now from a marketing standpoint. I think consumers were starting to uh, explore it. But it, it not in the ways that that we're doing it today, as you can imagine, and and we've all witnessed the change over the years. so so for those of us who are non- marketers and around have been around as long as I have, they still think of marketing as advertising because nobody or they haven't had the chance to be educated. So there's still a lot of education that goes on, um, even today. And, and it's been, I, I I saw a meme once uh, a marketing meme that said something like all marketing job descriptions should have a bullet point that says, must be willing to spend at least 50% of your time explaining to non-marketers what marketing is. Um, so, um, and I thought that that was, that was pretty funny and true. So yeah, throughout my entire career, always, always helping people understand, um, the changes that have happened, um, maybe more so in in the marketing environment especially b2b than any other potentially any other um you know professional um position
2: yeah that would be uh i don't know how we would get that data or make that comparison in a quantitative way but that would be cool to do that
0: (laughs) it would be and i'm and i may be you know I'm, i'm 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 definitely in a bubble here so you know anybody in finance or
2: Oh, I'm we're we're in the bubble with you though.
0: <laughs> Engineering and and anybody else might say, wait, wait, wait. You know that, that that's not entirely true. But I I think that when I look back on on my career and and the ways that we've worked, you know, it was advertising, and then you you build in you know PR, and again, you looking back to print publications, you know, before everything moved online, um, it, the just the function of getting something printed you know, it it took weeks and months. And now, you know, fast forward to today, everything is digital, which makes it a lot easier to make changes and get things done very quickly and on the fly. So helping people understand that over time and also helping people understand that marketing is both an art and a science. Uh, People don't usually understand that, again, because of the way that they see marketing. that there's there's data that we can point to. Data we can show results. And and if and and theoretically, if if I can spend a thousand dollars and and give my you know my company you know ten thousand dollars in return, why would we not invest in that all day long? But <laughs> it's easier said than done. Like I said, it's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of repetitive conversations over and over, helping people understand, um, you know what it, what a truly what a truly digital you know, integrated marketing campaign is.
2: Does part of you feel that we cared more about messaging when it took weeks or months to actually get the thing produced? Did we focus more energy and and brain power on what we were actually saying um, in that, uh, back in those good old days, if you will?
0: Not from my perspective. I mean, I think that the core of what, marketing is, is, is creating, I mean, in a nutshell, you want to create an emotional connection to the customer that that's it really in a nutshell. And so the messaging piece is, is, you know, probably the most important, um, you know, I mean, creative figures into it and, and colors and brands and things of that nature. But if you're not saying the right words that are going to, you know, meet your customer where they, where they are, then it's a miss. So I don't think so.
2: I always love when I lead the witness with a question and they completely disagree with me. But but I guess to me, I just think that sometimes because we can change things fairly quickly, um, it, it seems like we don't maybe feast as much attention and energy on 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 some of those pieces like we used to but but
1: this is, this is just back to Carmen and i continually have this conversation no no but we do often have this conversation about you know lamenting the days of the copywriter and uh, and designer working together as a pair you know and kind of those those old the, those old school days where you know the creative was what mattered you know if you look at kind of what.
2: Well, That still exists, of course, but it's just, I, uh,
1: I know. But I mean, we, we have lamented a bit how that kind of um, in digital that doesn't happen as off.
0: Well, let me let me just let me let me be the devil's advocate here. What if what if your original message didn't hit the nail on the head? You know how you can't change it. If you're in print, you can't go back and change that. But if if it's digital and you're, let's say you're doing some A/B testing, and one one message seems to be hitting the mark better than the other, then you can quickly change the message on the other, and 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 suddenly you know you're you're off to the races. So so that's the yeah, other absolutely. argument I would make for um, you know messaging and paying attention to it. But again, you know, in fact I I was just looking looking at some social media. Um, posts this morning that we're going to that we're going to post in the next couple of weeks around an event that we're doing and and i 100% was focused on the words um you know, and this these one word, you know, this set of words were much more impactful than this other set of words. And there's a whole lot of reason behind that. But I think as a marketer, if you're not paying attention to the message, I mean, that's probably the most critical piece, although my my graphic designer friends would would disagree with me, but <laughs> but I, I I think that the that the words are still very, very important, especially now that we get bombarded with with so much all the time.
2: And I certainly won't disagree. There, you're quite right on the on the fact that you can iterate quickly. You ought to take advantage of that. I mean, the uh, the one of the benefits and curses for marketers in the past is we didn't know if it was resonating until much later. I suppose, right? Exactly. Um, so we without that kind of uh, more immediate feedback loop, you could uh, live in a bubble uh, for long. Why do you think it is that marketing needs to explain itself so much what is it about the marketing function or the people that were that, that that are coworkers that that causes marketing to have to explain itself more than in reverse
0: well i think that people have a perception of what they think marketing is because they are marketed to all the time you know, it, it, it's uh it's a little bit of a different animal because, you know, whether you're sitting at home, you know, watching TV or you're scrolling through whatever feed your social media is, you know, all of us, no matter who you are, we are all being marketed to on a regular basis. And so there's a there's a perceived notion of what marketing is because of how we uh how we Absorb it, and in a way that that isn't true with anything else. I, you know, I don't know how engineering works. I don't know how finance works, because those things aren't aren't hitting me uh, on a on a personal level in the same way that marketing does. So everybody has their own perception of what marketing is based on their own experience, and when you try to come into a professional environment to understand it, often it's incorrect because. B2B marketing is very different than consumer marketing. There are gray areas, don't get me wrong, then and, and and the you know the the gray areas are starting to to merge more and more every day, but but it's it's I think that that's the reason why everybody has an opinion about marketing and they have a a general misunderstanding when it comes to, again, when it comes to the difference between consumer and B2B. And most people don't make a distinction because they're not marketers, right? They don't understand what the difference is. They just know from their own experience how they're marketed to and why aren't we doing the same thing, you know? It
1: is... It's frustrating. And and I know, like (laughs) you mentioned your graphic designer friends. Well, we've had this inferiority complex for a very long time Mm -hmm. because as soon as desktop publishing came out, it was quite obvious that the time of graphic designers was not necessarily, as the expert, wasn't necessarily what it used to be. And I think there's a lot of associations that have tried to play up the professional credentials of design. But I also think at the same time, they end up shooting themselves in the foot a bit because they become a little too precious about it. But I do think it's interesting from a marketing perspective because it's almost like, well, you know, I see stuff, therefore I understand it. It is is unique in this particular profession because like you say, you know, you can't just look at engineering and understand exactly what's going on with that without being an engineer potentially, or somebody who's kind of come from that side of a background. But everybody thinks that, you know, because they see it, they understand it. And because they consume it, they they know how it works. And I guess my question is, why do you think people think this is easy?
0: (laughs) That's a great question. Um, So, I, again, I think that most people bring their own individual experience into most things, right? I mean, we we all we all do that. We 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 absorb the world around us, and and we bring that with us in in things that we do, and decisions that we make, and the work that we do. Um, but I think that because again, because people are being personally marketed to. They think that they they may know think that they know what works because this resonates with me or that resonates with me, or I don't like the color blue as much as I like the color red. Why don't we go with the color red? And it's just because they're basing it on and I I tell people this a lot too. I I when people say things like that to me. I say in, in a very polite way, basically, you're not the audience. <laughs> you're you're not our target audience. Our target audience is this. And then, of course, you know, you kind of go into explaining why it is that we do the things that we do. And um, it's funny, you know, I was in a um, marketing leadership meeting in Switzerland in October, and we had our uh, one of our HR executives who joined us, which was great. And she was in the room when we were talking about um our brand team put up a, a messaging platform, uh, you know, on the wall, and we were looking at it, um, some very high-level stuff. And we are we we t- probably spent 45 minutes discussing a single word, and how it 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 impacted the overall statement, and how would this how would this messaging platform apply to all of our different business units, et cetera. And we talked about this one word. And at the end of the meeting, the HR professional said, "My God, I had no idea." so much thought goes into so much of what you're doing. And it's just because they've never been exposed to it. You know, people outside of marketing have never been exposed to all of the detail work that goes into every single thing that we do. I mean, it's from, you know, from our color palette, you know, to, to the words that we use, to the images that we use icons, we create, you know, all of that. Um, I think they think it's easy because they just, they're, they they what they know is what they've seen and what they've absorbed in their everyday lives, not in a complex uh, you know manufacturing conglomerate with twelve different business units and one hundred thousand employees, right? and 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 many, many, tens of thousands of customers. so just to boil it down to a single brand or a single way of representing ourselves that will resonate across all of those you know audiences and categories, I think that people don't put the thought into and really have an understanding of, of what that looks like. Because, again, they see marketing as how they absorb it on an individual level, which is consumer.
2: Uh, I was going to ask, because, uh, of course, as you, as you articulated that, the, the kind of, kind of described that conversation about, so then you try to explain to them that they're not the audience. And, all, and I can imagine there's an awful lot of people listening right now that are saying, oh, I've had that conversation. For sure. It, it didn't it didn't go that well but i had that conversation <laughs> um uh, and uh, maybe they just weren't as persuasive as you susie that would, could be one answer uh, the other is uh, i was going to ask what you know what has driven the breakthroughs there you, you you kind of pre-answered a bit of the question however when you talked about bringing that hr person a bit more into the tent you know like showing them how it actually is working and showing them the complexity uh, but of course, you can't probably do that for everyone. Uh, any any tips, I guess, for our listeners that are having those conversations to say, you know what, this is what I've found If when I'm trying to get through to somebody, this can kind of uh, uh, break through when other things aren't, to really kind of help them understand that there's there's more under the hood to this marketing thing and it's not just easy, as Jeff said.
0: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And actually, we didn't, we didn't, she just, the HR representative just happened to be in the room while we were having this conversation, right? She was just a part.
2: The happy accident. Yes. And,
0: and, but it was, it was refreshing for everybody else in the room when she said that everybody kind of went, well, well, yeah, this is what we do. You know, this is, this is a big part of what we do. Um, You know, I have always said that um, when I've had the conversations, you know, In my experience, you got to give people a voice, let, let them have a voice. You know, it, 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 if somebody, you know, and I, and I had this same, I had this one example comes to mind. There was a sales, a salesperson at one of the companies I worked for, and, um, we were coming up with a new positioning statement and, um, he, he, he just, he called me and said, this doesn't resonate with me. I don't like it. This isn't, this isn't working for me. Um, and you know, I kind of said, okay, well, you know, tell me a little bit more about that, and and then try to try to steer the conversation away from, well, you know, this is really about our target audience, and um, and this is the way that we view the target audience, and and here's why we think this will resonate with them. So you know, I didn't come right out and say, you're not the audience, you're not our target market, but you can steer the conversation in that way, but let them have a voice. I mean, it's okay if people want to express their opinion. To, and and again, I think that the reason why people want to s- express their opinion so much when it comes to marketing is because it's, it's very emotional. Um, you know, the way that we're marketed to, it, it's, a, again, it's, it, you know, think about how anything, think of anything, you, you know, a car company, right? Uh, you know, a beer company. You know, I'm the Super Bowl's coming up. I'm thinking about all the Super Bowl ads and you know how you know there might be a little kid involved and it's a touching moment or it's funny or it's something but it's all designed to resonate you know with us on an individual level so because it marketing is so emotional for people whether they realize it or not that's the reason they come and express their opinions you know i i would never go over to a professional in engineering or finance and say this isn't working for me because i know that i'm not their stakeholder necessarily but because everybody is marketed to on a day-to-day basis, in in every, I mean, you know, every few seconds, I think we're 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 targeted in some way by by some kind of marketer, at, certainly at consumer uh, brands. But because it's emotional, they wanna they wanna they wanna express their opinion um, because they think that their opinion and their idea will resonate emotionally with who we are trying to reach. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like because it's emotional, you have permission to react emotionally to it.
0: Correct. Abs- yeah. You just you've just summed up what I said it perfectly.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. I want to die. I want to poke at that conversation with the salesperson a little bit because because I've failed at that conversation a time or two and. And so this is what I find can sometimes happen there is you're kind of on the cusp of telling them that it's for the target audience, which is in some way there's an underlying current undercurrent that suggests that you maybe know the audience better than they do. And this is a salesperson who is talking to that audience every day. Now, one very small slice of it, admittedly, um, with all of the bias that comes with that, but I guess did you did you, did you find yourself in that moment almost telling the salesperson that you know the customer better than they did? Like how did that kind of who? It just seems like there's a landmines here. I want to kind of know how you navigated it.
0: Uh, I, oh, I was I was really annoyed at the time. I, I'll be honest with you, really really annoyed because you know what? For at, you know, part of me was like why does everybody think that they can tell me how to do my job? Right. I mean, I mean, I think every marketer has probably had this experience. Why, why does everybody think that they can come and tell me? And, you know, I, I think I've used this term many times, like, you know, everyone's a marketer, like, you know, my team and I used to say something would happen and somebody would say, everyone's a marketer. Um, so it was really annoying at the time. Um, and I think part of what they don't understand are the people that come up and just, you know, give this salesperson in particular was very opinionated and had a very strong personality. Um, and i tell you, I've, I've gotten into some arguments with people in the past, but as the years have gone by, I've learned. And that's why I said, just let them have a voice, you know, just listen to what they have to say. And then, you know, if you can, you know, you can explain your, your um, position, but what most people don't understand as well who are non-marketers, they don't understand what personas are. They don't understand what a customer-buyer journey looks like. And and you bring that into play. There, there are so many specific tactical um, initiatives that go on behind the scene. I think it's important that people understand we're not just, we don't just get in a room and make this up. I mean, there's, there's research involved. There's specific, you know, um, work that is done to make sure that we do understand the customer and, and voice a customer that is all run through marketing as well. I understand that this salesperson is out hearing the voice of the customer every single day, but the intention of the voice of customer, what he does with that is different than the intention of what we as marketers do with that. So that's why I, I I don't think I position myself as saying I know the customer better than you do. I know the customer in a different way than you do. And it's with a specific marketing lens so that we can get through to that customer. Yeah. You're trying to sell a deal. <laughs> yeah.
2: I love that that you're going into it with different intention, different motivation. You will hear different things as a result. You will listen differently. And it doesn't mean that one's better than the other. They just have different outcomes. Exactly. If I'm trying to sell something to somebody, I'm going to listen to that person in a much different way than if I'm trying to understand their underlying motivations in a, in a more kind of holistic way. Or influence somebody to consider
1: yeah. something or
0: yeah, I mean, it's about what what do they care about? What do they care about, right? what What worries them? What keeps them up at night? Um, that's a different way of approaching how you target an audience than than a sale, a strictly sales relationship where I'm trying to close the deal so I can get my commission. Different motivations,
2: and the other thing that I find happens too, is that uh, as sales organizations or sales sales organization members, team members age, often they will maintain accounts for a very long time. And those contacts have aged along with them. And it's still kind of the case in the manufacturing space that you have a lot of longevity on both sides of the table. Um, and so sometimes those uh, maybe uh, some of the more uh, senior sales team members uh, are sometimes even out of touch with the Kind of today's buyer, they know their buyer, but there's there could even be some interesting kind of blind spots there for them.
0: I think that that you know that that reminds me of another thing that happened when I was in that that leadership meeting that I mentioned earlier when we were in Switzerland. We were each given a part of the meeting. We were each given a task to go find what we think is a really. Really cutting edge example of something that one of our competitors were doing in a marketing setting. And um, mine was um, I found a competitor who uh, had put together something for TikTok. And, you know, as a, as a, in, in industrial, in manufacturing, and marketing, I, I bet that you won't find too many of us on TikTok. Um, you know, we're we're still, you know, LinkedIn is primarily where we play. Some Facebook, some Twitter, but if you think about, you know, where you know, to your point, if they're aging up together. You know, I, I stood up in the room and said, okay, raise a hand. Who's on TikTok? And only one other person raised their hand bes- besides me. And there were probably about 17 people in the room. And many of them were my age or older, and you know, there, and there was a little bit of a like a like a sneer, like a giggle, <laughs> and so I showed this competitive example on TikTok, and you know, and I explained to the to the room that there is a serious side of TikTok. It's not just about cute dances and you know watching your kids' funny videos. Um, and I think that that just that reminds me that, that your your point reminded me of that example because. It, th- things are moving so fast and i mean we all know that tiktok is probably you know it's wildly popular it's it's one of the most popular social media platforms um you know that's out there at the moment and and we're nowhere near it as 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 industrial manufacturing marketers, we're nowhere near it. By the time we do get near it, there'll be some other really hot social media platform that that has taken over, right? So it's it's keeping up with the trends and how things move. But you're right; um, a lot of this, you know, is age driven, and the younger generations that come up are going to expect different types of marketing than than the the, the older generations.
2: uh, It's interesting that you mentioned TikTok. We're doing some research just uh, a week or two ago and uh, uh, found a a huge, huge uh, audience of HVAC installers on TikTok. People don't think about HVAC installers uh, (laughs) being on TikTok, but there you have it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 podcasters as well. In fact, we've got an. Like I mentioned, we've got an event, and we've got a number of. Uh, I think we've got diff- four different subject matter experts um, speaking to four different. HVAC focused podcasts <laughs> at this event that we're going to um <laughs> next week. So yeah, yeah, there's an audience everywhere. You know, just again, just because TikTok is known for, you know, it's it's dance trends and and you know, more consumer type of fun things, um there's very much a serious side um to 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 that platform and and there is everywhere you go. It's just that people think it it's not worth exploring because it's too young and trendy and our target market isn't sitting on TikTok, but they are, and, and they will be, you know, as Gen Z enters the workforce, they are, they absolutely are.
2: And it doesn't help me personally that I walk around thinking that I'm 30 years younger than I actually am, because <laughs> then you don't even, you know, the blind spot completely. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Right. I've, I've always said that like a lot of those, a lot of things that are new, and that maybe as older um, generations look at them and sneer, those things have a way of making it into corporate life in half a decade to a decade, though. I'm thinking of you know things like punk rock never would have ever shown up in traditional corporate life, but it certainly did when it became normalized in the 90s. And then certain design trends that may have been in things like skateboarding and other things like that start to move it up the chain and just become normal looks that you would see in an industrial advertisement, you know, and it's just, it's always just a half decade to decade behind before something becomes boring and the kids move on to something else. And then we take advantage of it and run it into the ground for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit bleak, I realize, but it is kind of a thing I've noticed. Just that that's, a, that's, a dad of,
2: that's a dad of three kids talking yeah, right there, yeah. guys. Uh, I'm with you. <laughs> We're ruining it for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Susie, this has been a uh, – look, I think we could kind of uh, uh, meander a lot of different ways in this conversation. I think it's just been a fascinating kind of look at – at the, the world of trying to communicate and, and, and manage what we mm. do as marketers inside of, of large industrial corporates. And I guess um, I'm curious if you had to uh, give a uh, a piece of advice to yourself, uh, maybe you said 25 years in this profession. So let's go. 25 years ago, you're giving yourself one piece of advice. What would it be?
0: Be patient. Um, be patient, but... but but, and, and, and pay attention, pay attention. Um, mainly because of, I I would never at that age been able, you know, my early twenties been able to predict or, um, and you could probably say this for anybody at my age, but I would never be able to predict the vast changes that would take place within the profession. And that is in how we reach our target audience. Like I said earlier, um, that and and everything that i've said today on this uh, during this conversation kind of revolves around that you know marketing used to be advertising then it was it was advertising but with a mix of some online and you know and then and then Jeff Bezos started, you know, decided to sell books online. And now everybody has an e-commerce platform, right? And, and then, you know, Web 2.0, which is when social media really became, you know, so prevalent. And then everybody figured out how to weigh, uh, how to make money off of social media. I mean, I remember when Facebook was just a place where people gathered before the ads, before he took it public, before all of that. You know, pay attention and and keep up. Because if you don't pay attention and keep up, you're going to be irrelevant.
2: That is some fantastic advice, I think. Thanks so much for sharing your experience and expertise with us today. It's been fantastic.
0: I've really enjoyed it. Very very grateful and, and honored for the opportunity. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Susie. Great to chat with you.
0: Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash ring. That's k u l a slash the cooler ring.